Love this podcast. Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast Your Life The Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life The Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. Hello there, I I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favourite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber-generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognised journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. You're listening to Headliners, the podcast featuring the best and brightest of entertainment from all over the world. Now here's your host, Greg Howard Jr., I have been a fan of my guest this week since he starred in the film uh, Rookie of the Year, but today he is here to talk to us about his new record deal. He's got a new single out now called Tomorrow's Gonna Hurt. He's got another single coming out called Same Kids. He's working on a seventh album, and you can check him out on the show Underdeveloped on Tubi and Amazon Freebie. Please welcome the absolutely incredible Thomas Ian Nicholas. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm uh, I'm glad that today all worked out. I was supposed to be in Vegas today shooting a music video for Tomorrow's Gonna Hurt. Uh, and then the the we ended up pushing the date back. So uh, I didn't have to reschedule with you after all. So I'm stoked to be here with you. Fantastic. So for for the people listening who are not familiar with you as a musician, what can they expect from your music? Um yeah, I mean uh it's funny well first first I'll 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 point out the uh the elephants in the room. You mentioned rookie of the year being uh 
one of your favorite films growing up. Um, the cover of Same Kids actually has. Have you ever seen those photos of like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, like and Harrison and posing with Harrison Ford as like Han Solo? Oh yeah. And so I I kind of was like I hit, hit up you know that's what I had in mind for the design. So I ended up with me now like posing with my twelve year old self dressed as essentially Henry Rowengardner. So I fully am embracing, uh, you know, my, my history in, in film and television. Um, and so my music sounds like, and, and is in fact on the soundtrack of American reunion, the fourth installment of American pie. And it fits right in line with that. So if you dig the soundtracks of the American pie movies, then I promise that you will, uh, you will dig my band if you give it a listen. That's a really cool. I love that. So on a on a scale of one to ten, how excited about life are you right now? <laughs> um, well, it's it's pretty. I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. Life is uh is is challenging and going by really really fast. I've got two kids, um, so you know I spend. Most of my nights working, not getting enough sleep, and then taking my kids to school. Um, but you know, I dude, I've been stoked about life for a long time, regardless of of whatever's going on. I always call parenting the most rewarding challenge. And, you know, life is kind of the same way. You get what you want out of it, no matter what you have to do, you know, whatever your your work is, whatever your challenges are, you can look at it, you know, positively or not positively. I'm and I'm I'm an eternal optimist. I also come from very, very humble beginnings. Um, and so I, I, I've never forgotten that. So I'm very appreciative of, uh, you know, the things that I, that I have having come from very, very little. So you've had this amazing career. You've pretty much done it all. Uh, as far as your career as a musician, has there been like one moment that's been the highlight for you thus far? Um, I would say probably the coolest thing. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of like meeting, I never thought that I would meet folk or, you know, other, other like artists that were, massively successful that were like poss quite possibly nicer than me. Cause I try to be a very nice person. Um, but becoming friends with Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup um, has been amazing. First of all, like we just kind of get along really, really well whenever we are together, his wife calls us oil and oil. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and he's, you know, the opportunities that he kind of has, has allowed me to do, uh, as far as like writing the parody of 1985 and then even performing that with, you know, him and his band on stage, he's going to do a feature uh, bowling for soup is going to do a feature on one of my tracks on this new album, which I'm super stoked about. Um, and, and I would probably wouldn't, I no, I probably, I wouldn't have the record deal that I have with S BAM right now, if it wasn't for Jared. So I would say that like from a career and work, but melding into friendship standpoint, it's uh you know becoming and working with Jared Reddick. 
That's really cool. becoming friends with. I love, I love not the friends part. Becoming <laughs> friends with and working, not becoming Jared Reddick. This isn't a being John Malkovich moment. <laughs> um, which the cool thing is, I with all the opportunities that he kind of threw in front of me, uh, I I tried to return the favor and involved him on my TV show. So on Underdeveloped, the voice of the narrator. Uh, if you've seen it, maybe you already know this. If you haven't, uh, Jared Reddick is the voice of the narrator. Oh, nice. I didn't make that connection. Yeah, well, it's one of those things because you don't see him and he's a, has a very distinct look with his spiky, you know, uh, hair. Um, and, you know, but he obviously has a lot of uh, experience in, in voice acting. I mean, he's been the voice of Chuck E. Cheese for 10 years. So I knew he could nail it. And he did. He's amazing in the show. So in a in a landscape where it's super easy for anybody to make music now what sets you apart from everybody else only only on this recent album because it's it's being produced by my friend uh taylor carroll who he's in another band called chemical fire but we probably know him we all know him more as the the current drummer of lit and he's been jamming with them for like you know more than five years um and he's really taken the time to kind of really design a, a cool sound on this on this album. And you you hear it a little bit in Tomorrow's Gonna Hurt. You're going to hear it a, a lot in Same Kids, uh, the next single that comes out. So there's sort of this nostalgia vibe to it with all the stuff that I grew up listening to, but also a modern, more probably the most modern that my my music has sounded. So I think this this new album has kind of a foot in both doors and i think will will sort of set me apart i don't necessarily know if what what sets me apart on the previous stuff um you know i've just kind of always i've been a diy kid and and just kind of written whatever i i could write and did the best that i could do um i mean the 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 fifth album security um that i wrote with caleb turman from forever the sickest kids is more of an indie rock flavor and i think that was the, probably the first time that i really defined a, a more unique sound uh for my music um and so i've just been kind of digging deeper on that right on what is a hashtag that you feel like best describes you a hashtag that best describes me oh man um shoot uh i don't know i've had a lot of nicknames over the years but i don't necessarily know that those nicknames describe me um i guess uh if if i had to pick one as far as like a hashtag that i that i hope describes me it's it would be genuine but i don't know that's necessarily a hashtag that anyone <laughs> would use. That's just what I'm going for, you know? I'll use it when I do the socials for uh for this episode. Perfect. Then you'll you'll be the first because yes. I've never used it on myself. So <laughs> <laughs> what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Probably the best advice that that I've I've heard as of recently was um was to write uh to write what I'm afraid to talk about. And um, 
you know, to go for more of the, you know, the emotion versus versus the intelligence. And and that kind of happened actually recently. That was um in in the studio with Taylor. He had his friend uh Zach from American Authors pop in just to say hello. And Taylor's like, check out this course we just wrote. And three minutes later, Zach was like co-writing the song with us. And that'll be the next single that comes out in January. And I remember we were writing the lyrics and I I like threw out this lyric and then I regretted it immediately <laughs> after. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't say that. And Zach's like, yes, you can. That's exactly why you're going to say that. That's the lyric. And you're not steering away from it. I was like, damn it. But, you know, in that regard, I think it. I don't know. It. Uh, it kind of. It 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 pushes me to it that that advice is pushing me to wear my my heart on my sleeve a little bit more with the songs that I'm uh, writing. Is there a like dream musical collaboration for you? Yeah, writing a song with Dave Grohl. Oh, that would be sick. I uh, I recorded my my sixth album at Studio Six Hundred Six. Which uh, for anyone listening and and living under a rock, that's Dave Grohl's studio, the Foo Fighters studio, on the famous SSL console, uh, signed by Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty. Um, and so when I was there, Dave happened to be out of town, like with his family on vacation, and so I I still haven't met him, even though I've recorded an entire <laughs> album at his studio. Um, because I first went in there, I, I had done a song with Blues Traveler a few years ago, and and Chan recorded his guitars, so I got to go there, and I was like, I don't think you can like anyone can go, but because Blues Traveler recorded there, then I was like, hey, can I come back and record here? I was like, kind of like on the in, so I remember, uh, like sitting there, and I had brought seven guitars with me. You know, we had tracked drums. Ryan Seaman was playing drums. The first day we got done with that. Um, and uh, we were bass was being recorded in Nashville. Ryan Kinley from uh, Matchbook Romance was doing it there at a studio. So I bring seven guitars in. And I remember that Lou, the uh, the engineer, is like, oh, let's just test the amp and make sure we got the line patched in properly. And all my guitars were in cases. So I just like, he's like, just grab a guitar. And I, there's like, you know, 17 guitars along the wall. So I just grab like a, a Black Les Paul, plug it in. And I go, oh, whose guitar is this? And Lou's like, oh, it's one of Dave's. And I immediately stopped playing. I was like, is it okay that I've just like picked up one of Dave's guitars? <laughs> He's like, dude, if Dave was here, he'd give you the shirt off his back. I'm like, okay. So it's cool that I'm playing. He's like, yeah, it's fine. So then he's like, which guitar do you want to use in this song? I was like, well, this one. And I proceeded to record the entirety of that album on Dave's guitar. <laughs> That's so cool. That's fucking amazing. But still have not met him. <laughs> he once like, walked into like my like one of my little hole in the wall restaurants that I eat at once a week. Um, I remember like this is years ago. He walked in with his family. And so I was like, ah, I don't want to, you know, bug him. And like, clearly, like I'm a fan, but also I want to work with him. So I I didn't want to be like the guy coming up at the restaurant like gushing over him i'd like to meet him in like a work sense so i didn't want to bug him but then like two minutes later chris cornell walked in and they were chatting and i was just like 
I I I feel like I made a mistake. I should have just like gone and said hello to both of them. Do you have a favorite time of day? Yeah, the middle of the night for <laughs> sure. I don't uh I don't go to sleep very early. Um and I feel like there's a lot of space at night. And I don't just mean like space like the stars, but just like space the phone stops ringing, you know, there's certain things you responsibilities you can't achieve in the middle of the night so then you can just be in a more creative space so I, I i definitely am a night owl what are the three things that you cannot live without coffee <laughs> um which i'm drinking a cup right now this is probably like my fifth of the day um of of my nine that i will have today <laughs> i feel that uh what else can I not live without? Um, I mean, it go, I, 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 I want to pick like less obvious things. Like clearly, you know, I'm a parent, so we know I love my children. So I, you know, my kids, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I would say uh, chips and salsa. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm a sucker for chips and salsa. Um, and uh why am I? I guess I'm picking all food. I, I'm going food. Um, <laughs> oh, and then, man, what what else would be something I just can't live without? Um, that is such a wide berth question. <laughs> um, laughter. Those are fantastic answers. Well done. Thank you. I I purposefully did not prepare any answers because <laughs> I feel like even though we're just connected through, you know, like devices and we're not in person, there's still uh, a vibe. You know what I mean? Like we're all like conduits of electricity. We're still, we're still in a vibe. My answers will be vastly different if I sat here and like thought of them myself versus like answering off the cuff. So you're getting off the cuff from me for sure. That's fantastic. I love that. I can I can always tell when somebody has taken the questions and like written out their answers cuz I'm like <laughs> you were you were too lame. quick to answer that. You were you were entirely I mean, too quick to answer that. Sometimes I I feel like proud of myself when I like have a quick answer. I'm like I know that one. <laughs> like you're like who do you want to write with? I'm like Dave Grohl before he could even finish the sentence. And then, you know, the hashtag question, I'm like I I had to meander for a minute. <laughs> So if you could start your music career over from day one, knowing everything that you know right now, would you do anything differently? Yeah, lots, lots, <laughs> lots, so much stuff. Um, you know, I think, uh, man, I don't even know where to begin uh, as far as like what what I would do differently. <laughs> I think, well, number one, my my clothing choices in the 90s when I first started playing music were just awful. So that would be one thing <laughs> that I regret. And there's still photos of these things floating around, maybe not like with the band, but just my clothing choices in general. I think I would just go back and be like, listen, don't wear any of this shit. <laughs> Um, and then as far as, uh, 
as far as like what I would change, I mean, I, I don't know there, you know, there, I think I am, you know, I, where I am because of what I've experienced. So it's, it's one of those like time traveler paradoxes, you know, do I go back and tell myself this and, and then change my, my journey? Um, you know, there's, uh, the first, the first album, I think I was in such a rush to, to get it done. And I was so excited that I, I probably cut the wrong corners and then later, you know, probably splurged in the wrong areas. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would, what I would really tell myself other than don't wear those damn clothes. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is the weirdest word in the English language? The weirdest word. Um, There's a lot of weird words. I mean, (laughs) there's, there's a lot of, a lot of words that have uh, double, you know, double meanings, depending on how you use them. That I'm sure is so confusing for anyone especially especially like trying to like teach my kids that and then the innate understanding that we like somehow accept this um but probably my fav my favorite uh statement is just like a dumb dad joke which is uh the sentence uh take a left right here right i don't know why that one like it, like it just tickles my funny bone every time to say a left right here right like just the the right being used well i don't know why that's funny it's not really like a word <laughs> so much as a phrase but that one uh always makes me laugh i like that that's the first time anybody's ever chosen a phrase for this question so so i like it <laughs> well like, there was no way i was coming up with one word it was impossible I recorded one of these the other day and the guest and I had a 45 minute discussion on the word foam. So it's all good. Fair, fair. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I won't digress into a 45 minute discussion on foam. What's at the top of your musical bucket list like what's the thing that you could do and then the next day be like, you know what, I can retire from music and be good. I mean, first of all, there's no, there's no general sense of like, of trying to achieve something for retirement. I'm never retiring from any of it, from music, from film. Um, so, but what, what's something that would make me feel accomplished? I mean, I think it's, that's kind of like a grass is always greener, right? Because I think we all as, you know, as songwriters and creators, especially musicians and songwriters, you want to like write that song that everybody knows. Right. But then, you know, sometimes you you meet people that have those kinds of songs and then, you know, sometimes it's maybe not their favorite, their favorite thing to have that, you know. But I, I personally think that I would embrace it uh, the same way that I embrace, you know, the films that I've done. 
I don't, sh- I don't shy away from, you know, the, the, the billion dollar franchise of American pie. Um, and again, we talked earlier about, you know, not shying away from, you know, the success of, of rookie of the year. There was a time where I did, but I think as I've lived with it more and experienced and seen the joy that, that those things bring to people, I've, I've, I've focused more on that, the reaction than my own reaction and just changed my perspective. So in that regard, I think it would be, you know, the, the, the satisfaction of having that song that everyone was waiting to hear at the show. That was mine. Is there an artist whose career path inspires you? Yes and no, because I think that we don't all really know the whole story. You know, it's kind of like knowing someone's career path um, is like watching their Instagram feed. You know, it's 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 the the representation of it because anytime that i've ever gotten to know somebody and then you find out more of like what's going on inside their head during that quote-unquote career path um you know you just start to to realize that that there you don't know the whole story basically and 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 so the the only thing that i've come to realize and and this is probably even more recently um, is that there's been this idea in my head that if I do the right things, if I follow the path in the, in the, in the footsteps of those that I admire their work or, you know, do what they did um, that I'll achieve like, you know, the next thing. And I've, I've sort of learned that um, I'm already sort of doing that and that I've learned to find the satisfaction or the, the joy or the, the, um, accomp- the sense of accomplishment in the journey of doing those things of getting to the, the next phase. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just the idea that I've learned to enjoy the grind because the grind is kind of always there. You you know, I, at, at different times in my career, I've thought, oh, if I just, you know, if I just do this the way that, you know, so-and-so has achieved that, then I'll be in the same place. And then you do it. And, and by the time you get there, you're looking at the next horizon. It's sort of like you can never make it to the horizon. You're always going to be like, by the time you get to where you want to go, you're already, you have your eyes on the next step. So other than your own music, what are you listening to right now? Um, well, just yesterday I was checking out uh, the Plain White Tees new album that they just dropped, which is really good. Um, lots of fun stuff in there. And prior to that, I was just on tour in England. And so, you know, I was in a car where Sometimes like in the older cars, like it won't let you connect to Spotify to listen to whatever you want. (laughs) And so it's just like connected to my Apple music, which 
just like on my phone and I didn't even remember what I had there because I've just been listening to music online for so long that it was like the most eclectic collection of I don't know what. Um, and some of it was like fun to, to you know, to dip into. Uh, I came across like my my friend uh, Kevin Ernest, his album from like 10 years ago. Uh, and I had just run into him in Nashville. He lives out there now. And then like then next up was like Biffy Clyro. Like there was it was the most like random sense of uh of everything. And then there was this other uh uh UK band from Exeter called uh oh man, um the excerpts. Um and so that was yeah, it was it was just a, a fun a fun drive around England, driving on the wrong side of the road on the wrong side of the car, <laughs> listening to like it was like it, we did this game actually. It was really funny. Um, I was on this tour with with Jarrett Reddick. I think it was was at the beginning of the year, maybe with his uh, well earlier this year <clears throat> with his country band, <clears throat> and we played uh, like song roulette where everyone got to like just pick a pick a song and 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 then everyone else got to listen to whatever anyone else picked um but the funniest thing to me in that was so i i like randomly like threw out you know diesel boy like pants are falling down and then jared's like texting diesel boy like telling him like i picked his song and i'm just like this is just surreal uh into and i don't know why i just thought of that because it's that's how random my my uh, playlist was in my car just last week in England was it was like I was back in that van with like every band member randomly choosing stuff. <laughs> What's a book that you feel like everybody should read? You know, I'm so proud of my my son. He reads probably like 300 pages a day. Oh, wow. he's 12 and he's been doing that for like since he was eight maybe even longer. And I think he's read the Harry Potter series. I don't even know how many times I, on the other hand, when I'm reading books, I get way too hyper-focused on it to the point where I can't do anything else, but read that book. All I want to do is talk about that book. I'll talk <laughs> about it in my sleep. Um, so I have a, I have a, like a problem where I, I can't, I love reading books, but like, if I'm going to read a book, like that's all I'm doing. Like I can only do it if I'm on vacation and I don't have other stuff to do. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I haven't, it's not really like a great book that I can recommend. Cause I, I just don't have the time to, you know, delve into them. So I've got nothing. So I'm going to just go <laughs> with my son's suggestion and say, he's read the Harry Potter series, like at least 12 times. So clearly it must be good. Um, so read that. <laughs> That's fair. I'll take it. Yeah. Or you kind of already answered this, uh, but I, I don't have a good replacement question for it. So are you a coffee person or a tea person? Yeah, clearly coffee. Clearly coffee. And I drink it like just black, nothing, in it, which is good because I spill a lot of it. And when you don't have cream and sugar, it doesn't leave any stains. So that's also a plus. I did not know that. That's good to know. Yeah, that's what causes the stain is the milk, especially because that's the thing that 
you know, is going to like land on you and then curdle and leave that mark. But black coffee is basically just water. It does not stain. It'll even come out of like white clothing. Yes, I'm I'm also an ex-klutzy person, sometimes still klutzy. (laughs) Window or aisle seat? Window. Always the window. Mainly because I sleep really well on planes. So I can like, I I travel always with a uh, (laughs) a sweatshirt, even if it's the summertime and I don't need it because that's my pillow. And I feel like a sweatshirt's a cooler thing to carry with me through an airport versus like the pillow that looks like a toilet seat. (laughs) That's fair. If you could pick a theme song to describe where your music career is right now, what song would you pick? I'm going to go with a Foo Fighters song for sure. Um, and even though I've been playing shows for, I mean, for 15 years, um, now that I'm working on this new album and kind of stretching my wings a little bit, uh, I'm going to go with learning to walk again, or I guess it's just called walk off of um, uh, the Foo Fighters album, Wasting Life. I probably have heard that album. I've heard that album at least 400 times, by the way. Oh, oh wow. Uh, it, it was the, it was perfectly timed to P90X like 10 years ago. <laughs> and that's what I did to like get in shape for American Reunion. So I, I, that was like, I would, play the you know the the 60 minute workout because it was it was p90x like two but i would just like tr- mute it and i would put on wasting light and then literally the cool down would be like the dead mouse remix of rope um and it was like it just timed out perfectly so i listened to that every time for like 90 days in a row even 10 years ago anyway side total know. side note useless information <laughs> If uh, if you were stuck on a desert island, who are the five people you'd want with you? Five people I want with me. Well, um, I'm going with uh, my kids, so that's two. Um, my mom, so that's three. So I, I get to pick five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, this is. This is a tough call. Uh, let's go with um, my best friend, Matt Kennedy. And because uh, he pretty much is just, yeah, we need we need someone reliable that can do anything um, on this on this island. And then I think we need a chef. <laughs> is, there, <laughs> is there an unlimited supply of food? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we need we need someone that could cook. Um, let's see who 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 I know and and like that could that could cook. We'll take uh, we'll take Scott Conant. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent choices. <laughs> so, if in ten years uh, you you came back on the show, 
where do you see yourself as a musician in 10 years? Uh, having two, maybe three of those songs that everyone's waiting to hear and sing along with at the end of the show. So tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music. Um, well, my music is on all streaming platforms worldwide. Um, if you search for Thomas Nicholas Band, uh, I recently got everything under one roof because uh, when I first released my first, well, I say my first record, I've destroyed all those. That's You can't find that anywhere. Uh, or the second or the third. So the fourth record, uh, which is Without Warning, was released under my acting name, Thomas Ian Nicholas. And then I dropped the Ian. The second album was Thomas Nicholas. Then the third one, I added band. So there was just like this disarray. But now everything's under one roof. Thomas Nicholas band. If you go to like Apple or Spotify or wherever you go, that's where you can find six of my albums and a bunch of singles. Nice. Excellent. And where can they uh, follow you on social media? Uh, social media, website, all that fun stuff is all tin band, T I N band, uh, as in Thomas Ian Nicholas. And that's kind of everywhere YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, <laughs> all, all that stuff, website, uh, email address, the whole nine. Well, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and talk to me about your music. I have I have enjoyed this so much. Dude, thank you so much for for having me on. And uh, maybe 10 years from now, I'll I'll at least glance at the questions, uh, although I did like being <laughs> surprised. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Headliners is a Your Life, the Mixtape Media LLC production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>